8, 18. This is very famous scripture. Uh, 18 to 20, we know it is the Great Commission. Many of you know this by heart. Jesus came and said to his disciples, one of the last things he told them before he ascended up into heaven, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe or obey everything I have commanded you. So we're commanded to heal the sick. We're commanded to raise the dead. We're commanded to cleanse the lepers. We're commanded to make disciples and to baptize. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is not a formula for what you say when you dunk people underwater. You know, in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit, I baptize you. We do baptize that way. We do say that when we baptize. However, that word baptize means to immerse. And everywhere you see the word name, it refers to someone's character. And often in the Bible, when God changed someone's heart or their character, he gave them a new name. And you can find that several places in Scripture. So what Jesus is saying is make disciples of every nation, in every nation, and immerse these disciples in the character and the nature of God the Father. Immerse them in the character and the nature of God the Son. Immerse them in the character and the nature of God the Holy Spirit. That's what he's commanding us to do. So what is that? What is that character and nature of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit? Well, interestingly enough, the last verse in 2 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul ends his letter to the Corinthians with this. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. As the Apostle Paul received a revelation of the Trinitarian God that we believe in, and he put a one name tag to each one of them. He looked at the Father and he said, God the Father. One word to sum you up, your, your love. Your love. And when he looked at Jesus, he said, one word that sums you up the best. Grace. Jesus came full of grace and truth. It says in John chapter 1. Full of grace and truth. He's full of grace. And the Holy Spirit it's intimacy, it's fellowship, it's friendship with the Holy Spirit. So we are to be immersed in all of those things. And that's what happens in baptism. But the Lord wants to immerse us through the Holy Spirit in God's love, in Jesus' grace, and in that intimacy of the Holy Spirit. Now, God the Father, He's in heaven. He's in heaven. Where's Jesus? Is he on earth or in heaven? Technically heaven. He's in us too, so he's on earth. He's in both places. So is the Father. But it says that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the throne of the Father, and he is waiting for all things to be subdued under his feet. So God the Father is there. Jesus is at his right hand, the name above every name, and he's waiting for everything to be put under his feet. Where's the Holy Spirit? He's on earth. The Holy Spirit is here with us. He's the one that is on earth. Jesus said in John 14, 15 to, 7 to 18, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Now, this was the night he was going to the cross. The night 
he was betrayed. The night of the Last Supper. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father. And he will give you. Who gives? God the Father. God the Father. He will give you another helper. He didn't say he might give you. He might think about it. If you're good, if you're a good boy, if you're a good girl, he said, I'm going to ask the Father, and he will. He will. That's good news. He will give who? You. <laughs> point at me and point at your neighbor. You. He will give you what? Another helper. Jesus was a helper. As Jesus came alongside and helped his disciples and guided them and parented them, fathered them, discipled them, so the Holy Spirit will come and he will be a helper like I was to you. To be with you forever. One, to be with you, to be with you. The Holy Spirit is given for what purpose? To be with you. That's amazing. God wants to be with you in the person of the Holy Spirit. How long does he want to be with you? Forever. <laughs> That's amazing. Even the spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit is called the spirit of truth. He's the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. This is important. The world cannot receive the Holy Spirit. The world can have a touch of the Holy Spirit. They can encounter the Holy Spirit. They can see the Holy Spirit move, but the world cannot have and receive and have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Only believers in Jesus Christ can have that. So if you are in the world and not yet in Christ, this isn't for you. You can't have him. God wants you to have him. Your destiny is to have him. And you can if you say yes to Christ, turn away from your sins and turn to Christ. You can have this. But before you do that, he's not for you. You cannot receive him. You can only receive him through Jesus Christ. Why? Because it neither sees him nor knows him. The world doesn't see him and the world doesn't know him. You know him, speaking to the disciples, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I, Jesus, will come to you. Jesus comes to us in the person of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, me and the Father will live in you. And he does that by the person of the Holy Spirit. He won't leave us as orphans. What does that mean? That the Holy Spirit is a fathering spirit. The Holy Spirit, Scripture says, cries out within us, convincing us that we're sons, crying out, Abba, Daddy, Father. The Holy Spirit within us causes us to be sons. Causes us to think like sons. Jesus goes on to say a couple verses later, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. The Holy Spirit comes as a friend, a helper, a comforter. Imagine a party, and you know Holy Spirit, right? Have you ever gone to a party where you don't know anybody, and the only one you know is the person that invited you to the party. Anyone experience that, 
right? They're the only one you know. And so if they abandon you right when they walk in the door, it's awkward. It's uncomfortable because you don't know anybody else. But Holy Spirit is your buddy at this party. He's your buddy. He's with you. He's your friend. He's your helper. He's your comforter. And he says, hey, I want to introduce you to somebody. I want you to I want to introduce you to Jesus. He's full of grace. Come meet Jesus. The Holy Spirit introduces us to Jesus. He draws us to Jesus. He teaches us about Jesus. He introduces us to Jesus. But I think even more amazing in one way is he says, um, hey, Jesus' dad, he's also here. He's been watching you for a long time. You don't know him, but he knows you. He loves you very much, and he thinks that you're awesome. He wants to adopt you into his family. He is rich, extremely wise, very intelligent. He's loving. He's patient. He's kind. He's a good dad. And guess what? He wants to father you. He wants to father you. He wants to adopt you and father you in the same way that he fathered Jesus. He loves you, and he sees incredible potential in you, and he wants to help you grow up to be like him. What that also means is that he'll challenge you because he really will be a father to you. He will challenge you. He will discipline you like he disciplines his own sons and daughters. Let me introduce you to the Father. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He introduces us to the love of the Father. He, he causes us to grow up to be sons. It's amazing. This is why Jesus died. Jesus did not just die for you to not feel guilty anymore. That's part of it. He doesn't want you to feel guilty anymore. He wants to forgive you of your sins so that you can come to the Father, so that you can become like Jesus, so that you can be like him and be an ambassador and be a person of courage and a person of faith and a person of righteousness and holiness and be an influence on those around you and tell other children, other people that don't know that God is good and that he loves them and that he has a hope and a future to tell them, hey, let me introduce you to Jesus. Hey, God the Father loves me, and he wants to adopt you just like he adopted me. He wants to father you just like he fathered Jesus. That's why Jesus came. That's why Jesus came. That's why the Holy Spirit is here on earth and not up in heaven far away. He's here for all those reasons. John 1.33, John the Baptist said this. I myself did not know who the Messiah was. I didn't know who this Savior was. God didn't tell me. But he sent me to baptize with water. Sorry, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. That's amazing. God told John the Baptist, I want you to go preach repentance. Bring people back to God. Baptize them in water so that their sins can be forgiven. 
And I want you to baptize because one day you're going to baptize a man. You're going to dunk him underwater and you're going to see the Holy Spirit come upon him. And the one you see that happen to, that one will baptize the world in the Holy Spirit. He will give the Holy Spirit. He will immerse the world in the Holy Spirit. Whoever's willing to come to him, whoever's willing to surrender him, he will give the Holy Spirit. So John was like, wow, super cool. Can you imagine? You're like dunking people. Is he the one? Is he the one? No, is he the one? And then here comes Jesus, baptizes him, and the Holy Spirit comes, descends on him. John, or sorry, um, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Who does the baptizing in the Holy Spirit? Jesus. God the Father said, that one, that guy right there, he will be the one who baptizes in the Spirit. So Jesus baptizes people in the Holy Spirit. Matthew 3.11, John the Baptist also said this, I baptize with water for repentance. Some of you are getting baptized today because you have turned away from your sin. You've come to agree with God that sin is bad, that sin brings death. You don't want death in your life anymore. You want life. You, life is found in Jesus. He is uh, the way, the truth, and the life. And you want to surrender to him. You want to lay down your old identity and pick up the identity of Jesus Christ. And you have repented of your sins. And so you're coming to be baptized in water for that, to be baptized into Christ. He says, but he who's coming after me is mightier than me, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He says again, I recognized him. There's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of, of the world. He's the one. He will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and with fire. Fire cleanses you, but it, it sets you ablaze. It sets you alive. It gives you passion for life and passion for God. Acts 1-4. Jesus had gone to the cross. He raised from the dead. He showed himself for 40 days. In powerful ways, irrefutable proof to prove that he was alive. He said, look, touch the holes in my hands. Give me some food. I'm not a ghost. Watch me eat. And he walked through waters or through walls and just showed up the mighty resurrected Jesus. And before he was about to ascend to heaven, he gave his disciples instructions. In Acts 1-4, it says, and while staying with them, Jesus ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. What is the Holy Spirit also called by Jesus? I just read it. It's underlined. The promise, the promise of the Father. The Holy Spirit is the promise of the Father. Does God break his promises? No, he doesn't. He is the promised one sent from the Father, but the Father promises that you can have him if you really want him. You can be baptized in the Holy Spirit if you want the Holy Spirit. It's the promise of the Father. So when you come up here and get prayed for this morning, 
You don't have to think, oh, wow, is Stacy anointed enough? Is God's presence anointed enough? Is, are these people going to speak in tongues loud enough or yell loud enough or have enough faith for me to get this? You shouldn't come with any of that. You should come with this question. Does God break his promises? Does he tease his children with things too good to be true? Is he faithful to his word? He promised. He promised. That's really good news. That should give you faith. He promises. John baptized with water, Jesus was saying to his disciples, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. I'm going to immerse you in the Holy Spirit like you got immersed in water. And what does he say after that? And so when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know times or seasons that the father has fixed by his own authority. So guys, stop worrying about the end times and how the world is going to end and how don't worry about that. What I want you to worry about is you need power. You need power. You're called to be my witnesses, my ambassadors, my priests to a broken, dying, depraved, sin-filled, lost world. And you're not going to be able to do it without power. You need power. So he said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Had people argue, you know, and I know there's a theological argument. When you get baptized in the spirit, you have to speak in tongues. And if you don't speak in tongues, it didn't work. And other people say, no, that's not true because of this scripture. And I'm not going to debate that this morning. What did Jesus say we would receive? Power, power. I personally, when I had an encounter with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I laughed and I cried and I was overwhelmed. And I didn't speak in tongues right away. But you know what did happen? I received power. I started walking in miracles and signs and wonders. I started having dreams and visions and able to prophesy. I was a son of God before. I was saved before. I was righteous before. But I received power when the Holy Spirit came upon me. You will receive power. Power to do what? Be a witness to Jesus, to be a witness. You will receive power. Some of you may speak in tongues right away. Some of you may not. Some of you may get it later. Some of you may not. I don't know. If you want it, keep asking. Jesus said if you keep on asking, you'll keep on receiving. If you keep on knocking, the door will keep on being opened to you. If you keep on searching, you will keep receiving. You will keep finding. That's what he said. So if you want the gifts, they're available to you for free. Ask the Father. But you will receive power. The evidence of the baptism of the Spirit, the number one evidence is power. Power to overcome sin, but power to be a witness. Power to be a witness. You will receive power. Not you might. Not you could. You will, Jesus said. You will say, I will. Receive power. The Father promised. 
<laughs> That's good news. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the end of the earth. Acts 2.38, the Holy Spirit fell on them as the Father promised. They began walking in power as Jesus promised. And Peter's first sermon to all these people that heard this noise and this wind and these people speaking in languages and they could hear them in their own languages. Maybe we'll talk about that in a couple weeks. Peter said to them, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus. Baptized in water. They baptized 3,000 people in one day. 3,000. Repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins so that you can be forgiven. And you will. Peter's repeating Jesus's promise and you will receive the gift of the holy spirit it's not the urn it's not the wages it's not the i deserved the gift the holy spirit i earned the holy spirit it is the gift you will receive the gift the promise of the holy spirit for the promise there he goes Peter was listening to Jesus. He also caused Holy Spirit the promise. You will receive the promise. For the promise is for who? The good boys and the good girls. Those who have fasted and prayed and really, really earned it. Why didn't Peter say that? That's not what Jesus said. And that's not how... Peter got it either, is it? No. He just said, okay, we're waiting. <laughs> we're waiting here for the promise. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. And it happened. He trusted the gift. The promise is for who? For you. Point to yourself. Say, it's for me. Point to your neighbor. Say, it's for you. This is a gift for you. I understand some people have been freaked out in freaky churches that surround you and corner you and put their hands all over you and say, speak in tongues and speak in gibberish and we're not letting you go until you do it. And I know personally some people just start faking it because they don't want to be there all day. Right? We're not going to do that to you, but it's freaked people out. It's caused people to get scared of the Holy Spirit, of God, who Jesus says is a gift. Who Jesus says is a promise. Who Jesus says you need him. Without him, you're going to live powerless. And that's how the Father comes to you. That's how Jesus personally comes to you, is the person of the Holy Spirit. Should we be scared of the Holy Spirit? No. No. We should not. We should not. The promise is for who? For, for you, for me. And for who? Your children. Your children. The Holy Spirit is for your children, for generational blessings. This isn't just for grown-ups. This is for children, too. And this is for your children's children. The kingdom of God living within you. The power of God living within you. In your family. In your generational lines. Oh, that's amazing. 
and all who are far off. People that haven't even heard yet. It's for them too. If they'll turn their hearts, if they'll repent, if they'll come to Jesus, if they'll get baptized and receive the forgiveness of their sins, it's for them too. Everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. If the Lord has drawn you, it's for you. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, save yourself from this crooked generation. That's so applicable to our time and our world, isn't it? Save yourself from this crooked generation. How do you save yourself from a crooked and evil and perverse and sinful generation? Repent. Be baptized. Believe me. They received his word. They were baptized. And there were added that day about 3,000 souls. 3,000 people became sons and daughters of God and had Jesus Christ come and live inside them and come upon them in power to be witnesses and change their world, and they did. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship. They devoted themselves to what? Being taught, being disciplined, being discipled. They became learners of God. They devoted themselves to being with other believers, devoted that means not just like once a month or once every once in a while. Devoted. Devoted to being with other believers. Devoted to the breaking of bread, eating together, and prayers. And awe. Can you see that word phobos? That's what it is in the Greek. That's where we get the word phobia. Phobia. And phobia came upon every soul. You could also translate that the fear of the Lord. They had awe over God. They had the fear of the Lord in their midst, in their presence. They respected God. They respected God. The fear of the Lord came upon them. And many signs and wonders were done through the apostles. When I was, I was baptized in water, I was radically saved because I was really good at sin. I was super good at it, and I was really prideful. And the Lord broke me, broke my heart, broke me wide open, convicted me of my sins, and I fully abandoned myself to Jesus, and I fully received Jesus. And I got baptized in water, and it was several years later that I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit that we would call being baptized in the Spirit. And I had a guy named Randy Clark praying over me, and he could tell that I was like, Jesus, I want it, and I want everything you have for me, and I want to be baptized in the Spirit. I was like, my veins were bulging out. I'm like, oh, give it to me, give it to me. I need it, I want it. And this guy, Randy Clark, just looked at me, and he said, hey, you're not going to get it that way. And I was like, Okay. <laughs> that was like the right thing to do. <laughs> he said, you just got to breathe. It's a gift. Air is a gift from God to us. How do you get air? <sighs> you know, oh, give me air, God. Right? It, you don't strain. You just, he's the promise. He's the promise. God is faithful. He's the promise. 
God wants me to have the Holy Spirit worse than any of us want the Holy Spirit. Do you believe that? It's true. He wants to give it to you. So you have to get in receiving mode. Randy Clark literally had to teach me how to receive. Just like receiving a gift. You don't strive and strain to get a gift. Someone just says, here you go. You just have your hands open and you just receive. I say that because we're going to pray for everyone that gets baptized in water. We're going to pray for you when you come out of that water that you also be immersed and baptized in the Holy Spirit. We're going to pray for everyone that wants it at the end to be baptized in the Spirit. And you can be filled multiple times. The disciples did. You can see it in the book of Acts. But I just want you to, to remember, you don't come out, oh God, oh God. You just come out and trust the Lord. It's a gift he wants to give me. And you, oh, you just breathe and receive it. Be a sponge. Be a dry sponge in water. Just, ah, oh, yeah. I got blasted. I got whacked. I fell down on the ground, started crying, and then laughing, and then crying and laughing. And I was crying and laughing at the same time. I don't know how it's possible, but I was. And my heart was broken for the lost. My heart was broken for the nations. He put his burden in me that I didn't have before, that couldn't come from me. I wasn't loving enough. I could not muster up the love in my heart. God imparted it to me through the Holy Spirit. That's what he wants to do for you too. He wants to do it for you too. Just breathe it in today. Don't be scared of it today. Baptism in the Spirit is a promise of the Father. A gift from the Father given through Jesus. Baptism in the Spirit is for you. It's for your children. It's for anyone who, call, who God calls to himself. Jesus came so that you would be baptized in the Spirit. So that you can have a forever friend who will introduce you to the love of the Father and bring you into sonship and maturity so that you can have power to be a witness. Who wants that? I do. Raise your hand if you want that. Some of you have that. Hopefully we all should want that. All you have to do, turn to your sins, run to God, receive his forgiveness, lay down your old identity, receive a new identity as a saint and a son, and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit.